Welcome back to this week's episode of BC Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Beach Patterson. And as always, joined by head men's basketball coach, Mark Segarra. And coach, what a what an electric and fun time of year. We're officially in postseason basketball. Yeah, that we are. It's, uh, you know, going into Saturday, that was not a guarantee for us. So we're uh, we're sitting pretty good under the circumstances. Yeah, and really electric way that we got there. We'll talk about that here in a second. But let's let's first start with Wednesday. Uh, travel to Concordia, play at Concordia. In the first half, things going really well. Uh, you you look at it, maybe not the rhythm um, at some points. Maybe you had a good look, didn't fall at some points. But you look, and we took a really good Concordia team who is dominant at home, and we talked about that last week. We were tied at 30 at halftime and had to feel pretty good with that going into the half. Uh, and then, unfortunately, uh, fell apart a little bit in the second half and, unfortunately, came up on the wrong end uh, down in Seward there on Wednesday night. Yeah, fell apart's probably an understatement. Um, and I really thought at halftime we'd weathered the storm. We were down 20-7 to early, came back, took a lead, and, like you said, tied at half. And I wish I had something to pinpoint of what it was. It was just uh, – it was a buzzsaw from Concordia and uh, we didn't, we didn't respond all that well. Uh, we missed a couple of good looks early. And then once we got down 10 or 12, I thought we just kind of hit the panic button and started throwing up shots and weren't communicating defensively. And that's, you know, not much else to say. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was, they whooped us in the second half and that's, that's the bottom line of it. Yeah, I had to give him credit um, in the second half. Definitely came out uh, kind of clicking on all cylinders, I think. Um, at one point, just went on a really big run there to start the half. And then, uh, unfortunately, like we said, came up on the short end, but had to kind of have a small mindset because, like you said, going into the Doan game here Saturday, I mean, we're going to Crete, and Crete's always a tough place to play. Any G-Pack road game is tough. Uh, but Doan in very similar position to what we were going into Saturday, had everything to play for, had the rest of their season to play for. Something had to give uh, on Saturday. And f- for the people that weren't there, weren't watching, what a what a great game. Missed, uh, missed a doozy, especially that last uh, maybe two, three, four minutes. But uh, un- holy smokes, came away with a nice 77-75 victory. And it seemed like it was really back and forth the entire way. I know Doan kind of came out and, uh, Oberhauser made some some big threes and had some big shots. Uh, and I know they had some really good guard play and things like that. Maybe they gave us some fits there on the offensive end at some points. But guys really responded and holy smokes, have a have an end of the game there, uh, Matt Stillwell. Yeah, we went into that game, you know, knowing knowing for sure the winner in that game was going to get in the conference tournament, and there was a path for the loser of that game to get in as well, but that was dependent on other things. And that's, that's not where you want to be and that's not what you want to rely on. And so our, our message from Thursday at practice on was we're going to Dome to win and we're not going to, we're not going to rely on somebody else to, to do the job for us. And as it turns out, the path for both of us was Hastings needed to, get beat by Northwestern. That didn't happen. Hastings beat Northwestern. Uh, we obviously didn't know that going in because the games were at the same time. But uh, 
yeah, we came out. It was it was pretty back and forth most of it. We had a six point lead at half. Thought, uh, man, if we could extend this right out of half, you know, we might be able to gain some separation. And unfortunately, the opposite happened, and they tied it in two possessions. And from there, I'll say this: stops were at a minimum in the second half defensively for both teams and it really was back and forth I think their biggest lead in the half was four I think our biggest lead after the first two possessions it might have been two um and we had guys make some big plays we had guys make some big shots and I can remember one time and I don't remember how much time's left maybe four minutes we were ahead two in a timeout going to defense. And I said, hey, this is the time somebody somebody's going to make a big play for us. Somebody needs to make a big play for us. And Quinn Vesey got a steal. And it was one of those, if we convert on the other end, that might just be enough separation in a game like that. And, and we didn't. I think we turned it over, actually. But uh, all the way down the stretch, back and forth, back and forth, good players making big-time plays. And you fast forward till the, to the last 40 seconds or so Brady Tim got a pretty decent look um, from three and missed and we got the rebound and we just told the guys in, in that last time out, number one, we're taking the last shot of this game. Um, and then obviously we, we drew something up and it was uh, kind of turned into a broken play. It didn't really work. Don did a pretty good job of defending it and, Matt Stillwell made a play. I mean, that's that's what good players just have to do sometimes. And and Matt's had a great year for us so far, and he made that shot. And, you know, at that time, we knew we were in the conference tournament. That's what our objective was on the day. Uh, we didn't know anything else that had happened. And uh, we had a nice quick celebration in, in the locker room and got out of there to head home. So it was – pretty uh pretty wild way to end the regular season and I I've been a part of a lot of buzzer beaters over 21 years now of college basketball and I don't know if I've ever been a part of one with so much on the line for both teams and so it's pretty surreal in the moment and uh yeah it was pretty fun drive home then yeah, it seemed like the only thing that buzzer beater was missing that me watching the stream, I thought we were going to get is after the shot went in, you would kind of quickly turn around to the the Briarcliff crowd that was there. And it seemed like the only thing we were missing is maybe a, a Degeneration X uh, symbol to kind of cap off the end of the shot. But I mean, well, as much as I love my 90s WWF and I'm a big DX fan, I just have too much respect for our conference to to pull off a maneuver like that. So didn't even cross my mind, but would have been awesome too. <laughs> Without a doubt. And something that I noticed not being there, but watching the stream on Saturday is with uh, 17, 16 seconds left, right when we got past half court and called the timeout and, and you call the timeout there, not only yourself, looked really calm and kind of confident of, hey, this game is in our control. But it looked like all five guys on the floor had just, as they were making their way to the bench, uh, number one, a veteran group that's already out there. We've mentioned that how many times before. Um, they've been battle-tested. But it just had the sense of those guys going to the huddle 
for that timeout to, to, to get in there and see what the last play was going to be. It just seemed like there was a lot of confidence. And I know just kind of watching it was like, yeah, there's no way that this game's getting overtime. If we have the last shot, we're going to make a count. And holy smokes, we did just that. Yeah, like I said, I mean, we felt good about what we drew up. And in hindsight, it, it didn't really work. Um, but uh, it did, I think, it created a little confusion for their defense. And and just enough got Stillwell's guy a little off balance and, and gave him a window to get into the middle of the paint. And it's it's funny because I think back to the last buzzer beater we were a part of was two years ago, Jamestown beat us in the Flanagan center on a pretty crazy full court, or I'm sorry, last year Concordia was the last time. Um, but uh, that was a different one. That was, that was a, a, a layup as it turned out. But the last time a shot beat us was Jamestown and I had the perfect angle. And when it left the kid's hand, I just walked away and knew I didn't have to watch it. It was in. And I had the same angle for Matt's shot, it just – I knew he got it off. I saw it leave his fingers. It was in. Let's go. It, and it almost, almost kind of looked like a broken play in a sense, or maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I know that there was a, uh, an action. It looked like a boss in action up top maybe, and then still Will got it on the right wing. And it kind of almost looked like maybe a broken play. Hey, you got the balls in your hand, six, 100%. five, just – yeah, just kind of go make a play and get after it. Who is still well, time and time again, has proven that times like that when it happens, he can go get you a bucket. Yeah, he's uh, he's a tough kid. Um, he's got a knack to to finish in the paint, and and that's what happened. They they did a really good job taking away any kind of rhythm three or kick out three. We had we had four other shooters on the floor, and so he just he just went, and there it was. Yeah, and the rest is history. And not going to single out anyone because Saturday's performance was was so key. But if you want to kind of look at one guy who, on the stats, yeah, he'll jump off because he was a leading scorer. But Connor Groves, I mean, it seemed like any time outside of that last shot, we needed a bucket, whether it be in a, uh, a catch and shoot or maybe taking a defender off the bounce or maybe using a, a pick and roll to get a jump shot or take it all the way to the rack. It just seemed like there was a stretch there that no matter what, hey, let's get it in Connor's hands and let's just go make a play. Everyone get out of the way. Yeah, he he played really well. And he's a guy, you know, it's it's been interesting because he's he's played off the bench for us for well over half the year. And he plays starter minutes. And we're, we're just in a situation where I feel like we have six starters. And, and we can – adjust the rotation or the minutes as we see fit. But I, I mean, he played, I think 32 minutes. He played all but the first couple minutes of each half. And so uh, when he gets going, he can really score obviously. And, and he's gotten so much better throughout his career at being more than a three point shooter. I mean, right now I think he's like fifth or sixth all time at Briar Cliff and three pointers. He's a prolific shooter, but he's just gotten better at the mid-range pull-up off of a ball screen. He's gotten a ton better being able to get into the paint and finish. And uh, he did a really good job of that. He made a few threes Saturday, obviously, but hit a couple pull-ups, had two takes in the second half to the rim and finished. And uh, so having a weapon like that off the bench is is pretty nice because you know you're going to have the – 
even if he's not on his AA game that night, you had the threat of an explosive scorer coming in. And, and I like doing that. I, we've had a, a pretty long history of really good sixth men, um, so to speak. So he, uh, he played really well. There's no doubt about it. And final score Saturday from Crete uh, came away with a buzzer beater on top 77, 75. And, and Doan does end their year uh, on Saturday, finished the GPAC play at eight and 12. And, Coach, I think you know just as well as kind of I do. I mean, they finished the GPAC at 8-12, and 12, but I know hats off to Coach McKeith and had a, had a good year. I know not as good as what they probably wanted, but you look at their 8-12 and 12 record and could have very easily been 12-8, and 13-7. and 7. I mean, how many different games that they were just – it seemed like they were in until the last minute or two. So definitely want to give Dome credit. They end their year 11-17, uh, 8-12 and 12 in the GPAC. And, and Coach, first round of a GPAC play and. Uh, I do want to throw this out there for those. We are recording this Monday night. Um, there is a schedule change due to weather. Probably should have thrown this in there sooner. Uh, this Wednesday game is now going to be on Tuesday night. So schedule change, and it's pretty fitting. Both both Briarcliff teams on the men and women's side are playing morning side. Uh, women's game will be at the Newman Flanagan Center Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And then the men's game will be across town at Morningside also at seven o'clock. But like I said, again, due to weather and pending weather coming, that schedule change that is on Tuesday night now, uh, the 21st instead of the 22nd. So want to throw that out there. But coach, you look at it third time playing Morningside. Couldn't probably ask for maybe something better or, or a better script for how the season's gone and getting a chance to play the crosstown rivalry in 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 town here and they got us the first two times but what a what a perfect and, and awesome chance for this group of seniors and, and this group to to go make an absolute statement here on Tuesday night. Yeah I, I told our guys in the locker room Saturday after the game I'm gonna refrain from any stupid coaching cliches about postseason play and I'm gonna I'm gonna carry that into the podcast. Um, so I'm not going to tell you that, you know, it's postseason and you got to be at your best or yada, yada, yada. It's, it's win or go home. Like, yeah, whatever. You know, what we talked about was as of Saturday, we guaranteed ourselves one more opportunity and we're going to go take advantage of that as best we can. And, and so the reality is I mean, we're in a situation where, we have to win the GPAC tournament to do anything beyond. That's just where we are. And to do that, you're going to have to beat three really good basketball teams, regardless of, of who wins. And and so we, when you get to a third time with somebody, it's always interesting because it's, you know, we've both played 27 games on the year neither one of us is going to come out of the right field with a completely new script of offense or defense or anything like that. And it's, it's minor adjustments. It's minor tweaks. You go back and you watch the film and there were some definite parallels and some glaring things that we need to be a little bit better at this time around. Um, it's interesting because both the games we played with them followed a, a pretty similar script back and forth first half, morning side, first game at a three-point lead, second game at a six-point lead. 
both games within the first six minutes of the second half. They made a big run. We got down 10 or 12 and had to just battle and battle to to give ourselves a chance. And so it's not – it's like I said, it's not throwing anything really new out there. It's it's a couple tweaks, a um, couple things we, we're going to emphasize offensively that we can be better at, a couple things we're going to emphasize defensively that we can be better at. And then, you know, we need to we need to try to avoid falling into that on the bad side of that second half run. And and Morningside's good at that. It's not unique to to us. They've done that to a lot of people this year. Um, but it's it's tight. You know, if there were ever a time to go play your absolute best game of the year, now it is. And so it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a big crowd. Driving across town beats a lot of options from a travel standpoint and in, in the G pack. But, uh, you know, and then we get thrown for a loop a little bit, you know, finding out today around lunchtime that the game was going to get moved up a day. And, you know, that's not a huge deal. I knew that was a chance. I knew there was a chance it was going to happen starting yesterday morning. And does it change what we're going to do? Not really. Did it make today's practice maybe a little more intense and um, a tad longer just to make sure we we hit on everything we needed to hit on? Yeah, it definitely did. But our philosophy has always been and always will be, tell us when to play, we'll be there. We're going to play and we're going to be ready to go. So we're, we're looking forward to it. Like I said, this was an opportunity that Saturday at 4 o'clock, we were not guaranteed. And so – now it's it's time to go take advantage of it and 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 see what happens. Yeah, and I want to touch on the the practice part because there is a little bit of a wrench that's thrown in there too with it being moved up a day to Tuesday. So just having today on Monday to practice, and I was able to sit through two years with yourself and then two years with Coach Wilbur to kind of see how different coaches view things like that. So. For those people that don't know, when you talk about how today's practice is going to be longer because you need to hit on things that you guys need to hit on, do you do you do that more so on the getting up and down the floor, doing some half-court sets, or is it a lot more kind of mental, just making sure we're locked in at, uh, at some certain things or a little bit of both? Or how would you kind of combat that with maybe practice being a little bit longer? Is it both on the mental and physical side? Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, you know, and it's not like we were – on the floor for two hours by the time we got done with scouting report and watching film um, and walked through, literally walked through a couple things. We were on the floor for an hour and five minutes. Now we were getting after it for a decent chunk of that. Um, but the other thing is the third time around teams know each other, players know players and because of the nature of it, our teams, I say our teams, that's us in mornings, I'd probably know each other as well, if not better than anybody else in the league. And so we start to walk through some of their sets and our guys know what they are. Um, and so it, it just makes that part of it a little bit easier. But like I said, when there's a couple small tweaks or real emphasis points, I really wanted to drive some of those home today. And so maybe in a half-court offense segment, we 
we went two, three minutes longer than normal just to make sure we drove those points home. But uh, that's about it. You know, we're not going to come out and play a one, three, one zone tomorrow. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do what we do. And when, when you look back and you lose a game by six and a game by seven, when we played them, almost identical scores, 76, 70, 76, 79, or excuse me, 76, 69. Um, you have to look at one or two possessions on each side of the ball. You do something better or you don't turn it over and you score or you don't give up an offensive rebound and you get a stop. The cumulative effect of that can be a lot of points. And so that's that needs to be a focus. And I think that just comes from playing with a relentless mindset and you know, because the re reality is the situation we're in, there's nothing to hold back for for Wednesday because Wednesday's not guaranteed right now. So we everything we have has to go into this game, and that that's what we're going to do tomorrow night. Yeah, and I feel fairly confident to say that you can make the case that the last four, five, six games for us has almost been – us needing to treat it like a like a G pack postseason and a and a playoff game just because I mean every single game is important. I mean they're all important, but especially down the stretch here, they're all important. So I guess heading into Tuesday night, is it the mindset of business as usual, or was there maybe some talk today of, hey, this is this could be the last time we're put on the floor. It's 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 win or go home, or is it just the same old same old for for you guys and just got to go get the job done? No, it's not. I mean, we have a veteran team. They know, um, and, and honestly, it's 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 kind of been our approach since we lost at Midland on January, whatever it was, and, and it put us at four and nine in the league. And at that point, we were sitting in like ninth or tenth place, and so we had to have a mentality change at that point. And we we didn't we didn't win all those games, um, with the exception of the second half at Concordia and about a six minute stretch at Morningside in the second half, I would make the case that we've played really well since then. And, and that's encouraging. That's, that's obviously a good thing. And, and so it's, we need to make sure we put together a complete 40 minutes. We need to make sure we come out of halftime. We're ready to go and we're locked in. And if that means I need to shut up at halftime and say less and, we get a few more shots up. We move around a little bit more before the second half starts, and so be it. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna go ready to go, and, and we're gonna go ready to fight. And you know, in a perfect world, you and I are talking next week about something bigger than the quarterfinals. Yeah, for sure. One game at a time here, and and this is such an exciting time of year. G pack postseason play. I mean. So many memories just for me pop up of, of this time of the year. And, and I know yourself too, both at your time at Briarcliff and before. And what a great opportunity we have in front of us here Tuesday night. So just wanted to touch on that again. Schedule change, basketball, first round of GPAC play. It's now going to be on Tuesday night, Tuesday the 21st. Uh, coincidentally enough, both Briarcliff and Morningside are playing each other. The women's game will be at Briarcliff in the Newman Flanagan Center. 
Tuesday night at seven o'clock, the men's game cross town at Morningside, same time, seven o'clock. So what a, what a great opportunity coach for fans, not of just both teams, but just basketball fans across Siouxland to, to go out and, and show some love for, for both programs. And I do hope that both men and women's games are packed and, and there's a good crowd for both, which I'm, I'm very confident there will be. So definitely if you're in Sioux city, get out to either Morningside or Briarcliff to the Flanagan center, check those games out and, and coach, like you just mentioned on it, let's, let's go over to Morningside. Let's get a job done next week. We'll be talking about the bigger picture. And with that, Coach, let's head into the the next section here in, in the segment and the shout-outs for this last week. And I know you uh, just mentioned to me you had one and, and a good one here for this week. So how about you start us off with your shout-out from this last week? Well, I have two, actually, Bobby. But, uh, you know, first one's just our team getting it done and went into Saturday knowing we needed to win and, and we got it done. And that's that's not always an easy thing to do. Um, and then my second one is is actually for our women's team. They, they've had a heck of a year, finished second place in the GPAC. Uh, they're the two seed in the conference tournament. I mean, they're, they're going to play in the national tournament, no doubt about it. And I just, it's been impressive. They have a, a veteran group and a group that had some struggles for a year or two. And then, you know, the last couple of years have really, really gotten a lot better and, and played really well. So shout out to them and, uh, and obviously best of luck to them as, as they go into the postseason as well. Yeah, definitely something that uh, I know I and I fall for not talking about throughout the year and appreciate you bringing that shout out because they have had a great year and, and nationally ranked. So definitely a big shout out to them as well. My my shout out is going to be for uh, former Briarcliff SID Brandon Foote. Um, I know he before I was a student coach at Briarcliff was the SID work study worker, one of them. And he let me work a lot of games and him and I have a, a really good friendship we've developed now post uh, school. He uh, just started a new job up uh, down in Wayne at a new bank down there. So I want to give a shout out to him. Hopefully uh, him and the family are doing well. I know they just got back from a week long trip to Disney World. He said trying to control four kids at Disney World was was an adventure, but uh, they had fun. So shout out to Brandon Foot. Glad he's doing well. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of BC Buckets podcast. Once again, schedule change. First round of GPAC postseason basketball. Tuesday night now, not Wednesday, Tuesday, the 21st of February. Both men and women are playing Morningside. Women are at the Newman Flanagan Center Tuesday night against Morningside at 7. Men are traveling across town to play at Ali Gymnasium at 7 o'clock as well. So definitely show up to both. Be loud. Let's get a couple Briarcliff wins, Coach. And like you said earlier and what we said, let's uh, let's chat about some bigger picture next week. Thanks, Bobby. Bobby.